Today we're going to be talking about 2 Timothy 4, and we're going to be talking about some big ideas because we're talking about purpose in life, meaning in life. And if I was to ask everybody and each of you, what is the purpose of your life, I would probably get a different answer from each of you. And sometimes we even answer that question by saying, I don't know. And I've heard that many times in my life in talking to people about the reason of their life, the meaning of their life, the purpose of their life. Like, I still don't know what the purpose of my life is. But that's an important question, isn't it? Why we are here. What's my purpose? What's the meaning of my life? And it's really the, the oldest question at all, of ever. Socrates says that the life that is left unexamined is not worth living. If we don't ask ourselves these questions, we're missing out at a deeper sense of living. And there's been all kinds of answers given to the purpose of life. One person once said it like this, the Dalai Lama, our prime purpose in this life is to help others. And if you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. I certainly can't disagree that we should help one another and that we certainly shouldn't hurt one another. Another thinker said it like this, the meaning of life is whatever you ascribe it to be. Being alive is the meaning. Joseph Campbell, the hero with a thousand faces. Or another person said, the crucial thing is, is to find a truth which is a truth for me to find an idea for which I'm willing to live and die. So we're all searching. No matter who we are, no matter what time or era of time we come from, we're, we're searching for meaning and purpose in our lives. And what is the purpose of your life? What is the purpose of my life? And a lot of times what gives our lives clarity as to what purposes we may have is when we get to the end of our life. And I don't want you to have to wait to the end of your life for you to begin to think about the most important question of your life. But sometimes at the end of our life, we can look back and begin to see maybe that's the purpose, maybe that's the meaning of my life. And what we have in Scripture is a very unique writing of the Apostle Paul at the end of his life. And he's looking over his life in service to God. And he gives us some pictures as to the purpose of his life and the purpose of Christians' lives. And he's talking to a young minister. A young minister that in a lot of ways will succeed Paul in his ministry. And he talks to Timothy and he says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves having teachers with itching ears. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of thy ministry. And so Paul's giving these instructions. I want you to preach the gospel, Timothy. I want you to stay faithful to the gospel, Timothy. 
That there's going to be times when people receive you and there's going to be times when people don't. But no matter what, preach the gospel, Timothy. And then he gets to thinking about his own life. And he says, I'm already beginning to be poured out a drink offering unto the Lord. For the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord will give me. And not to me only, but also to those who love His appearing. And so Paul gives us this picture of what the purpose of life is as he looks back over his life of ministry. And the first thing that he says to us is that, number one, our lives are an offering. Our lives are an offering. And he gives us this picture of a drink offering and that his life is being poured out to God. He says something very similar in Philippians chapter 2, 17. He says, I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. And this harbors back to the Old Testament when they would offer a drink offering unto the Lord, to Yahweh. And many times it would be at the very end of a sacrifice of a lamb or at the end of an offering of grain, and they would pour out an offering to the Lord, something that is dedicated to the service of the Lord. In Numbers 28, 7, it says, In a holy place you shall pour out the drink to the Lord as an offering. And what a beautiful picture that is, that my life is an act of worship to God. That my life is an act of obedience to God. That I am pouring out my life in service to God. So that gives me the question of what is my life? Because when I start to look at my own life, is it me pouring out my life for God? Or is it more like a spill? Because when you're pouring something out, You have control of that. You have intentionality with that. You have purpose with that. But if you've ever spilt anything, and I've spilt a lot of stuff, you don't have any intentionality when you do that. You just accidentally spill it out. And then it's wasted. And it doesn't achieve the purpose that you have for it. And most importantly, it doesn't achieve the purposes that God has for it when we just simply spill out our lives. But Paul says, I am pouring out my life and offering to you. I started thinking about spills. And the spill that I thought about was in in April 20th, 2010 in the Gulf of Mexico. Y'all might remember this, when 4.9 million barrels of oil spilled into the Gulf of Mexico. 205.8 million gallons. Now for you, for you that drive the Prius, this is some good news how much oil this was because 
you could drive your Prius 184,181 times around the earth on the oil that was spilt in the Gulf of Mexico. And it contaminated 665 miles of coastline because of the oil. And when we look at that, we see the devastation, we see the sorrow, we see the waste, don't we? All that wasted on the environment, all that wasted. But in the same way, what does my life look like? Am I pouring it out to God or am I just spilling it out everywhere? Paul said that our lives, if we order our lives according to His will, our lives become worship to Him. I beseech you therefore, my brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That when I begin to obey God's Word, my life transcends itself and becomes service and worship to God Himself. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That our lives become an offering to God. Don't you want your life to have meaning and purpose? To do that, offer it to God. Pour out your life instead of like me and many times in my past, my life has just been a, a spill. Number two, Paul gives us the image in verse 7 as a good fight. He says, I'm pouring out my life as an offering. And then he says, I have fought the good fight. And sometimes fighters get a bad name. But there is a good fight. There is a fight in which all of us should engage ourselves in. And that is the fight, number one... For justice. That it's good when we fight for those who are marginalized, those who are hurting, those who are disenfranchised. Paul said it like this in his own life. We should remember the poor. That's a fight worth fighting. And when Paul got to the end of his life, he says, I have fought that good fight. In Proverbs it says, speak up. And judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. You see, we need to fight for equity. We need to fight and advocate for human dignity. That's a good fight. We also should fight for the kingdom of God. Paul said it like this in 2 Timothy 10.5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That we fight a battle of ideas. And that we as God people should fight for that which is right and that which exalts itself against God. For the kingdom of God. And ultimately that is a fight for the truth. We should defend the truth and understand how precious the truth is and how abused it is in our time and culture, isn't it? Go find the truth. It's hard to find in our newspapers. It's hard to find on the internet. It's hard to find in your family. 
But sitting before us is God's Word where Paul said, I am set for the defense of the Gospel. Fighting for the truth, but probably the greatest fight that all of us will endure is not the fight with the externals, but the fight that's within us. The fight with the self. And of course, when Jesus invites us to follow Him, He says, if anyone desires to come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow Me. Denying ourselves the battle of self versus God's will. Because we can do all kinds of things to rationalize and to come up with ideas to why my way is better than God's way. But that is the hardest battle, isn't it? And Paul had fought that battle within himself. He describes his former life. And he says, hey, I was a Hebrew among Hebrews. I was a Pharisee among Pharisees. I was more zealous than anybody of my time. You see, Paul, when he was Saul, was on his way up in the Jewish world. And when he found out that he had been persecuting the church in ignorance, hurting the truth, going against the truth, he looked at his life and he said this, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. And he said, in fact, I count them as rubbish. You see, when I put my conceit and my ego and my ambition and all the things of this world that we exalt so much in our minds and hearts against the truth of who Christ is, they're rubbish. They're trash. And Paul understood what really mattered because he had fought the good fight. He fought for the things that matter most. I've seen people argue and spend a lot of time talking about who's the better sports team or what television show is, is funnier. I've seen people spend absorbent amount of time on all kinds of things that have little to do with Christ. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but in a sense of priorities and values, what matters most in our life? Are we honest enough with ourselves to say, that's rubbish? Paul was able to do that. He also said this, number three, that life is a race. Not only is life an offering, not only is life a good fight, but also life is a race that's set before you. Mindful of, of what happened in the Olympics in 1992, where a British runner, Derek Redmond, was running, and he was the favorite for the gold medal. And the gun went off, and he was leading the race. He was leading the race, and as he ran, his hamstring gave way. And he fell to the track. And the other runners sped along and passed him up. The medical folks came out and he waved them away. He said he was going to finish the race. And then his father came out running to him. And he says, you don't have to do this, son. 
He says, I've got to finish this race. And his father took him. And as he was in pain, ran the rest of the race. And by the time he got to the finish line, the crowd had erupted in cheers. And it became the defining moment of the Olympics in Barcelona. He had finished the race that was set before him. And and finishing a race is about perseverance. And so many times it's easy to give up. It's to give up because it's hard, because it's difficult, because there's challenges, because we do fall down. But Paul says that we're to finish the race. And that's why we're here together is that if you do fall, there needs to be someone to come along here and help you up. That's what the church is all about, to bearing one another's burdens. And Paul says that we run this race together. He also says in Hebrews 12, 1, let us run with what? Endurance. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And you know what? God has set a race before you, a course before you that's different from mine. And only you can run the race that's set before you. I can't run your race, and you can't run mine. As Luther said, every man must do his own believing and his own dying. But God has set this course before you, and we need to look to Jesus to finish it. Look to Him. Look to Christ. He also says that life is a life of faith. I have fought the good fight. I finished the course, the race, and I have kept the faith. Keeping the faith, keeping that which was gifted to you. The gift of faith. And faith is that awareness in which we live knowing who God is and knowing what His will is for our lives. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is how we know about God. How we understand, God, that He framed the worlds with His words. That I have a responsibility to God. It's through that faith that we operate. Sometimes faith gets a bad rap as being just a religious thing. But everyone is living in faith. It's just what are you living in faith towards or in? Because all knowledge is some type of faith. Whatever you hold in your mind as true knowledge You believe it. And faith in Christ is that truth that we need to live our lives according to. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God and the salvation. For therein is revealed the righteousness of God from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Why do we do what we do as Christians? Because of faith. It's informed by the knowledge of Christ. But he doesn't just leave it there. He also talks about life as a reward. And that's hopeful. Not only is it this fight, not only is it this offering, not only is it faith, But there's also a reward to life. You see, none of us find the cause of our existence in ourselves. 
Did you cause yourself? Because I didn't. Did we cause humanity? Humanity didn't. And just as we didn't cause ourselves, we will not find the purpose within ourselves. The purpose has to be outside of ourselves. And and the cause and the purpose and the destiny are all tied together. And Paul says, Therefore there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me, and not to me only, but to all those who love His appearing. There is a destiny waiting for each of us in Christ, a reward for living as an offering, for fighting those good fights, for finishing that course, for living in faith. There is a reward in Christ Jesus. And the beautiful thing about it is, it's not just for Paul. It's for you. It's for me. And as Paul said in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. Have you found purpose and meaning in your life? Because if you don't live as an offering, then you're living for yourself. If you're not fighting the battle for God, then you're losing the battle of self. If you're not racing the course that's set before you, then you're racing some other course that isn't set for you. If you're not living in faith, then you're living in fear. And if you're not living in the reward, then you're not living in hope. And that's what Christ offers to each of us today, that hope of eternal life. And the Bible says that begins in faith. That it shows up in our lives as repentance. Unless a man repents, he shall likewise perish. That it shows up as confession. That with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It shows up in baptism. That just as Christ went into the waters, we follow Him into the waters. And it also shows up in commitment and faithfulness to His Word. Today, if you have not named the name of Christ, we want to give you the opportunity to name Him and to be baptized. Or if you feel you've been running the wrong race or you've been fighting the wrong battles or you've been offering your life to something else other than to God, we want to give you the opportunity to get that right. Or if you have a prayer uh, in need of healing or encouragement, we want to give you that opportunity as well. We're going to sing this next song to encourage you. So if you have any need, won't you come now as together we stand? And as we sing.